Hello everyone, this is Michael Barker-Caven, uh, the Artistic Director at The Civic in Tala. This is one of our regular podcasts, and I'm delighted to have with me Anna and Paul Nugent, who are joint Artistic Directors of About Face um, Theatre Company, who I'm delighted to announce are going to be in residency at The Civic throughout 2020, doing amazing things, <laughs> um, and hopefully that'll go beyond then, but we have plans for the year in place. And they're, um, they're here this morning, we're early, they're about to go back into work in the Civic where they've been starting off a project already. Um, so you're welcome, good to see you guys. But you um, tell us first of all about a, how About Face kicked off. It's many, many moons ago now, isn't it? Yeah, and, um, yeah. I don't, that might age us now, Michael, if we put dates on it. <laughs> 1820, <laughs> 1840? Yes, it? yes, it was, yes. It was, it was the beginning of the French Revolution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing you in one of those pictures going, vive la France, on the barricade. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, uh, 2002 was um, was when we uh, founded the company. Um, so we had, uh, a few of us as actors had been uh, in a production of Hamlet. Where we'd all met Anna, mm -hmm. uh, had been Ophelia, I'd been Laertes. Uh, one of the lads had been, two of the guys had been Rosencrantz and Gilderstern. We're still not sure who was which. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we were kind of mulling around the idea that we wanted to maybe put on a show ourselves at that point. And then um, Todd an American actor who was one of those. Uh, he had a play called On the Timing by David Ives. It's a kind of a selection of kind of kind of surreal, funny, uh, insightful sketches. And I said, maybe we can just put this on together ourselves. Uh, and we said, sure, let's do it. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, we've never done this before, but let's 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 give it a go. Um, and so we put that on in the international bar in, in town. Um, put it on at lunchtime. I think we do, we do two shows a day. I think we did two shows Very a day. Possibly. I think we did. I don't recall. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so just kind of real, you know, just first time ever doing it, just throwing it together. And then uh, it played really well with the audiences and we had a great time doing it. And we actually, um, we all put money in to, to put the show on. And we actually all made our money back and what? made enough of a profit you, yes. to buy ourselves a drink profit. each. <gasps> Possibly the only time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so then um, we were kind of like going, actually, this was, we thought maybe this was going to be a one-off, but actually we really liked producing. We really liked the excitement of, of choosing a show and bringing it all together and, and putting it in front of the audience and kind of being able to stand in front of it and say, this is, this is our thing and we believe in it. And so at that point, um, Todd and Tara, uh, Todd was going back to the States and Tara went back with him. So for that, time it was myself Anna and Alan Walsh and we decided did the three of us want to go ahead and put another show on and we said yeah we did mm. and so that we had done the on the timing in the summer 2002 and then so uh, we thought we'd keep going along the kind of new American play route there was lots of new American plays that we were coming across that seemed really exciting um, so then then we went and produced another show uh, that that winter would have been in December of 2002 and it kind of kind of went on from there and where did the name come from? I mean, About Face, what was that? Think Was it there from the beginning or did that come about? Because what you're describing is is, is the almost classic thing in Irish theatre, young actors eager to work, finding it probably hard to break through into the mainstream, yeah. making the bold choice to go it alone, do it yourself, mm. put the work together, become producer, actors, makers, fundraisers, the whole world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, and probably at the beginning, it was as much, I suspect, by what you're saying, the thrill of just 
doing work. And oh, absolutely. Work. But then at some point that begins to become about a method and a meaning. Mm. Mm. Um, was about face part of that or was that just some sort of little easy mm. phrase that came up at the beginning? Yeah, no, About Face was from the very beginning. Um, we had, we created a logo and everything, even for that first play. I think that, I, I don't rem remember exactly, Paul might recall how it came about. I know that at one point in time, they had a brainstorming meeting about names and what they came back to me with, I rejected. <laughs> Something about monkeys. So, um, uh, but I think we, we, somehow we came upon it. We like that it started with, at the beginning of the alphabet. You know, uh, but uh, as well as that, um, and, and it's taken on more meaning, I think, as we've gone on. Um, but we liked the idea of that it had many meanings. It wasn't just one thing, and you could look into it in a few different ways. Hmm. I think, um, yeah, sorry, and the story that it was like partially about, like, you know, having the actors like right in front of you and kind of intimate, um, but also kind of about maybe. We sort of found that uh, we don't know if we realized this at the start, but it was almost like a bit of a keeping turning back around to like the classics of, of storytelling and, and telling stories is that that was kind of what the name started to mean after a while. It was that uh, why are we doing this? What's the story behind this? Keep going back to that, to that, to that reasoning, you know, because that's what I mean, there's many reasons we are going to work together and mm -hmm. welcome you into the civic. But that's one of the great synergies that we share is the idea that stories are primarily important, that we mm. define ourselves through our stories. I've actually been reading a very, very interesting book about, um, I won't go into it because it's, it's, it's deflectus and it's a bit sort of, can sound a bit dry, but it's an extraordinary risky book about li what's called liminal spaces, which is that mm. place in the unknown and the darkness that actually yeah. terrifies us and we have no language or real meaning, but we know it's there and it haunts us. And how we manage to deal with it is nearly always through stories and that mm. stories were yeah. essentially always a way of bringing into the scene the unseen and mm. making us safely look at things that we're frightened of or we're anxious about or or thrilled dangerously about. We need to look at it in a kind of safe, experimental way and stories have always delivered that for people and it's probably one of the most primal reasons they exist. Yeah. Mm. And, and that attraction to stories, which is being broken down by modern theatre and, you know, the destruction of narrative and all these postmodernist crapologies. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, you've always been people clearly who love the idea of stories story. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Was that something that you had when you were both young? I mean, did it grow up out of the work or did I think I think it's funny. I've always been as even been kind of being interested in in, you know, in play and creativity growing up and 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 then when I started to get interested in acting, I've always been most interested in narrative, in storytelling, in the audience reaction to good story. I've I find like things about the form of, 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 of the and the and some of the more technical aspects of theater interesting, but I find them more like I very much see them as useful tools to me. I'm not that interested in them for their own sake. To me, it's always about um, it's always been about because I grew up with, you know, friends in a lot of different. I grew up with some very super creative friends. I grew up with some friends who would find a lot of what I was interested in bonkers, you know, um, but it's, and it's something we found when we started doing our shows of the Bad Face was having people come to the theatre who maybe hadn't been before or hadn't had a great experience before. And just that that joy of seeing them enjoy the show, go, oh, I get it. Oh, that's so powerful. That's so meaningful. Oh, that's so, I love that story. I love what was going on. Oh, I, I totally saw what was happening there. And that in the end of the day, that that's what anyone, that's, that's what I go to see a show for mm. is I, you know, read a blurb and go, oh, that sounds like a great story. I want to go see that. Mm. And that's, 
always, I think, what's what's in, I think what's what's interested me most. You know, when I first heard about like uh, a Shakespeare play, like Othello or Hamlet or something like that, the first thing that interests me is the story. It's only like way later on that you start to get nerdy about the technical aspects of it. You know, <laughs> um, at least that's for me anyway, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, you've always been a voracious reader, too. You mm. know, I think about, you know, like even as a kid, even if it was comic books or this or that, you were always reading. And I mm. think that you helped me rediscover my love for reading. Um, I always loved plays and reading plays and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, and I think you helped me and About Face helped us articulate what what is it that, you know, because we had to ask those questions, like, why are we drawn to these plays? Mm. What is it? You know, especially like when you start applying for funding, you have to articulate <laughs> who you are and and what drives you. And I think so I think I didn't know that. I think I discovered, oh, mm. that's what it is that I like. That's I didn't know that that was actually a way to tell stories and that there's other, you know, like I just hadn't thought about it in that way, mm. um, even going to, you know, university and studying drama and even and going to acting training, you know, like even with all the, you know, conservatory or whatever, even with all that, I hadn't really thought about what moves me and what, you know, and I think that what you're talking about, that that liminal, whatever, that space that um, asks questions and makes, makes, makes us, you know, think for whatever reason, but also is guttural. It moves us. It's something, there's something in us that those... Those stories are what most interest me. And I think, yeah, because I think if you took stories out of people, there would be nothing left. I mean, everybody mm. obviously not only has their own story and lives it, it's mm. the strange thing you are making your story as you live mm. without knowing it. Mm. Um, but they re- constantly refer back to stories that other people share with them or yeah. that they see. You know, a joke is a story. You know, mm. I mean, stories are just as primal to us as oxygen seems to be. Mm. Um, and I don't think we could survive without them. And I think the other thing that's so important is that shared experience, which, again, one of the other reasons we're so delighted to have you here is, is because we uh, at the Civic have this passionate belief that it is the live experience mm-hmm. and and it's really interesting this weekend just gone by we had our 21st birthday and again a couple of people came up to me had a big party we had a show on a couple of people came up to me afterwards and we have this relatively regularly and they both said i've never been to the theater before huh. i got brought Huh. to this for the party yeah and now i get it mm. oh, yeah. because it's live and it's happening in front of you and mm. it was i was completely gripped and blown mm. away by it and they were they were like flushed with excitement because yeah. it was a good show you know we all know that we can make as many duds as good ones but yeah. when you get one that does that and makes an audience come alive to the shared thing that they are making they're not just witnessing it but their presence makes it happen mm. and it's that almost unquantifiable energetic state that it's it's just felt between performers and audience you know as I used to say to students when I teach them the fundamental difference you can kind of recognize between theater and say film which people always say oh it's so real theater is false is Mm. that you can project a film onto a wall and nobody witnesses and it doesn't change Mm. Mm. but if you took the audience away from a live piece of theater could you imagine being totally totally falls apart almost Somebody has to be watching this primal observed and observer relationship. It's almost mm. quality, it's quantum, mm. without getting too la-di-da about it. So there is that special richness of knowing that it's both true and not true. It's mm. true because there's real people in front of you yeah. saying yeah. and being and doing. 
and yet you've got the protection of knowing that it's make-believe. Yep. And mm. it's that lovely boundary between illusion and reality that excites and we feel safe in it. And yeah. yet mm. we can go places we couldn't other. And obviously, mm. you know, you were drawn to, interestingly, from the beginning to to plays that nobody else was doing or plays from further afield yeah. than mm. here. Yeah. Do you know what the... I mean, Anna, where are you from originally? I'm from I'm from Wisconsin. I'm from the Midwest in the Yee-haw. States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and why are you... How did you come here? I came here for drama school. Okay. Yeah. I um, When I was uh, at university, I was studying theater and criminal justice. And What? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Middle mix. Yeah. Uh, but the sociology, because part of what I love about theater, you know, we talk about story, but I love the human journey through story. So that's like, I love people and they fascinate me in in plays, out of plays, whatever. I just, I'm fascinated by people. So that the criminal justice was the sociology, was the how do people work? Why do, you know, why do things happen? And I spent some time in in England, just a, a semester, and I came to Ireland during that. And for some reason, the small little university that I went to had this odd connection with, like, the Gaty School of Acting. And because um, I think one of, uh, there, somehow there was a new teacher that I had or a new professor who was a, a Beckett scholar. So, um, so I heard about the Gaiety and then everything. And once I finished university... I did some other things for a while, and then I was like, oh, I just need to get back to theater. I need, you know, more. I um, need my drugs. Yeah. Uh, so then I applied to different um, colleges in the States, but I also applied to the Gaty School of Acting. And when I got accepted, I just knew that that was, you know, Ireland is where I needed to be. Because there's, uh, I think it's for the, the appreciation of storytelling. You know, the, the, there's different traditions in different countries, and what... Sometimes you get with Americans, and this is very broad, <laughs> very broad sweeping statements, but there is that emotional experience and there's this, this need to, um, yeah, exp- like my experience as the actor of really experiencing genuine emotion is uh, is important, which is why you get some like amazing performances and, you know, which is all grown out of like the American tradition of acting. But for me, I really was attracted to you know, the Irish storytelling element, um, but also that through technique, um, the combination of technique and emotion and journey that I I could find it. So I think I needed, um, you know, sometimes people say like inside out, you know, that's your feelings out to the stage or outside in, which is like all the technical and then you makes you feel stuff. So I just needed uh, exposure to a different way of working. Okay. And did did that, I mean, that obviously you stayed. Yes. And I mean, how long have you been... I know we'll come on to how you went away to come yeah, back again. Yeah, yeah. So you've been here, what, how long is that now? I guess it's only it's only like nine years if you add up everything together. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was, yeah, I stayed for six years then after drama school um, and doing the theatre company and working uh, any way I could. <laughs> and then um, and then now we're back three, almost four mm, years. Yeah, yeah. So... But in those so in those early days, you were you were just excited, drawn to, let's say, plays that nobody else was producing. Yeah, mm. much of the American repertoire, mm. Mm. Um, and we'll come on to that in a little while because obviously that was something interesting. That's something very interesting about your, kind of your relationship and also about yeah. your mm. relationship to to here and there and back again. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you were also uh, an early 
uh, stalwart of the Civic, which opened in 99, yeah. and mm. very soon you were doing a lot of these shows there. How did that come about? Yeah, it's funny, we were just trying to recall exactly what it, you know, what it was that brought us to the Civic in particular. And mm. Paul, you... Th- yeah, we, we, had, we, had, we had done this uh, uh, show um, uh, called Tape by Stephen Balber. It was a three-hander set in a motel room, and we did that in a theatre in the city centre, a small theatre with a little claustrophobic stage, and it was perfect for that particular <laughs> kind of play. But we had, the next play we wanted to do was a bigger cast. It was a cast of seven with multiple locations, and we knew we needed just a, we needed a bigger space. We weren't quite sure where we wanted to do that. And I have this vague memory now that um, uh, John Delaney, who's an actor and director who uh, directed us in tape, he was um, they were doing a version of Othello at the Civic, and um, John asked me to come and audition for Iago. And so the audition ended up being in the Civic, uh, in the studio space upstairs. And um, right. I, do, I was, you know, 80% doing the audition, but 20% of me was looking at the space going, well, oh, this, is, this is really quite a nice, really quite a nice <laughs> theatre. It's, it's, it's quite a decent size and, you know, it's, it could be quite flexible. And this is, yeah, well, this is interesting. Um, and so I, I didn't get cast as Iago, probably because I was distracted by the space. <laughs> I'm going I'm to say that's the reason. Um, but yeah, so then we were starting to think, like, maybe this would be the, the, right, the right space uh, for this, and that's maybe might be interesting to see what would happen if we instead of doing the show in town, what happens if we bring it outside of town? You know, mm. um, what 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 happens there with the audience? What happens? What's what's it like to do it out there? Is it is it as good, or should we just stick with doing plays in town? Mm. Uh, and then we approached um, Bree Jukes, who was um, artistic director of the Civic then, and she was so welcoming and encouraging, and mm. we were like, well, this is this is an an American play. It's never been done in Europe before. It's not by a famous playwright. <laughs> no one's heard of it. No one's really heard of us yet. Um, so and she was like, that's fine. Yeah, no, come, come, that come, sounds like great. Yeah, come on, come on, for, do a two-week run let, and let's do in the, in the summer and let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, uh, that was uh, how, we, how, we, how we first kind of landed in, in the Civic, yeah. Yeah, and because I think of that experience and how um, we really had that, we had the luxury then of, of two or three week runs so that um, word of mouth helped. So by the end, we were starting to get audiences um, and there was and we were getting reviews and things like that. So uh, it was a really great experience. And one of the things that, you know, is why we love the Civic is that warm welcome. And that still continues. And I mean, I'm still blown away as a theater, you know, as the company member, how warm the welcome is for us. And I see it every time I'm there, the audience, how warmly they're welcome. And that is just essential to us. And so I, it's like, why wouldn't we come back, you know, and and the audience we found, we really found it refreshing, actually, the audience. Just um, people from all walks of life, um, you know, and different, some community groups ended up kind of following us then and coming um, along to our shows kind of later on in our, in our relationship. And um, we just, we loved it. Because you did. Quite a few, didn't you? Mm. I mean, yeah. between sort of 2002, was it? And 2003 was when we did the, did the first show, um, Boy Gets Girl, uh, the Civic. And then I think that was the first of five shows in a row that we did, all all new uh, American or no North American. One of them was a Canadian play, but all new North American plays. I think that's right. Boy Gets Girl, uh, featuring Loretta, Collected Stories, Laramie Project, and The Glory of Living. Yeah, so there was, that was five shows in probably in... Two years, yeah. five shows in two years, and we did them all at the Civic. And so we really did kind of feel like we built a, 
a kind of a growing relationship with the audience there. We we definitely started to see some familiar faces, people turning up, and and and, and yeah, so that was that was exciting. Like we really, mm. um, yeah, it was it was really starting to build a strong relationship there. Mm. Then it all came to a shuddering halt in some point way or other because you all. Both fucked off to west. I know. Yes. Oh, no. It's all going so Maybe well. Why do we do that? Uh... <laughs> Tell us about that. I mean, that's it's a it's a journey. I mean, talk about mm. a journey. Just you were building a momentum. You were doing yeah. all this work, and then mm. suddenly you stopped and abandoned ship and went to the Big Apple. Yeah, it's mm. it's funny looking back because I think you know there's there's part of you as young actors that you're like, but. You know, because we were putting so much time and energy into the company and there was still that like, well, what about our individual careers about giving them, you know, as actors some space and time and like, well, what if we didn't want to be asking, we didn't want to give all the time and attention to the theater company and then be asking, well, what if I had done, you know, am I answering my call as mm. as an actor? Because you do as a, as actor producers there, you know, it's heavy on the producing and the admin and all those kind of things, which wasn't our dream. Um and and then I got we, we were we were getting married and I got offered a job in Boston. So it kind of it was like, all right, well, if we want to try it in a big pond and see how things are going. Um, so we we just took that opportunity as it came. And Paul worked his way through some regional theaters and then um, worked at the got an offer for the Irish rep in New York. And then we were like, all right, should we do it? Let's do it. So. Then we went to New York because we're like, okay, if you can, you got to be able to learn something in this big pool, you know, this big theater town. Um, so, yeah, so I think it was more selfishly, I think, that we went there mm. to kind of um, learn and grow as individuals, maybe. How many years were you there then in total? We planned on being three. Mm -hmm. uh, it ended up being ten. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. It's yeah. a strange one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and... Um, Obviously, what do you think, looking back now, because obviously at the end of that you came home. And, <laughs> yes, yeah. this um, is home for oh, me this now. Is home. <laughs> but you know, what, what kind of do you think that you've taken from that? I mean, you obviously did so many different things. Yeah. And you started to pioneer uh, New November, which we'll come mm. on to, mm. and all sorts of other uh, things. Did you, did you find that going away empowered you in a different way to come back or you probably didn't think at the time we'll be going back but it mm. has obviously been a journey of there and back mm. what do you think you've brought back with you from that experience um well i think it was i'm so glad that we did it. i think we learned so much about just for a start just even different ways of doing things you know in new york you know you're talking about there's a broadway scene there's an off-broadway scene you're seeing regional companies coming there's a fringe scene there's theater coming from all over the world to scene. festivals. Um, so you get in the UK theater, Chicago theater, Australian theater, you're getting so much that you get to see. And also you're interacting, you're working with people who come from lots of different ways of working. So I think there was a huge amount of seeing like, how do you write and develop plays? How do you approach uh, classics? How do you how do you run and keep a theater going? How do you relate to your audience? There's just like so many different ways of uh, different models of doing that. Um, which I think was really interesting and exciting. But it's funny, actually, as uh, as a theatre producer, I think, and, and some of the, in terms of thinking about your relationship with the audience, one of the things I saw really clearly, particularly uh, in New York, was how important it was for the audience to have a consistent relationship with the theatre and with the theatre company, how important it was to have a, a brick-and-mortar space, like the same building that people know, oh, if I go 
if I go here, I'm going to have a certain type of experience. I'm going to have a certain kind of, this, I can guarantee this. There's, there's only, I think, there's, there's certain like diehard fans of your theater company who will follow you everywhere you go, you know, vagabond all around the world. <laughs> but I think there's something to, uh, that you, people know when they come to, to, to this theater and this, this is where this theater company is based, they know kind of what they're going to get after a certain amount of time. And so they, they're excited. They want to, they feel a relationship and they, they know, well, I don't maybe necessarily know this play, the name of this play, but I, I'm, I've been here before. I've been to this place and done this. And I know I can trust that. Mm. I know I can trust my night out. I know I can trust having to pay for the babysitter and all that things. Because I know this is going to be, it might be way different than what I did last time, but I know it's going to be, the quality experience is going to be really good. And I saw that with companies there, as soon as they started to grow, they, they were just, they, they, wanted, they wanted to have their own, they wanted to have a space. They wanted to have a little piece of land where they were based and, and go, this is where we are. This, we're, this, is, this is how often we, we do things. And, and, and this is the experience we promise. And that that's how strong kind of relationships with, between theaters and audiences, you know, grew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you, you know, that's one of the reasons we're very excited to be, you know, resident in the civic, you mm. know, even for a year to, you know, have people know this is where we are, this is where you can find us and, and hopefully to develop a relationship, you know, with the civic audience and even help it to grow, you know, like that's, you know, we, yeah, really important. Yeah, and I think I learned by being away too. I think I, I am a little bit more grounded as an artist and as a person and, um, you know, yeah, I think that just happens in career anyways over time. Uh, go get no. <laughs> <laughs> but learning that life actually and living life fully and as full, as much as you can as a human being is actually what helps you bring more to your work. And, um, you know, because sometimes we can get so trapped in uh, artists. People can get so trapped in art and work and da-da-da-da that they don't see anything else. And I think like being in New York, you're, you know, your just vision is expanded at how much there is out there and things to do. And I mean, it's overwhelming, but it was um, helpful for me, I think, finding and being more comfortable with me. You mean you're a mid-career artist? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I guess that's what I am. I'm matured. You've emerged (laughs) and you're now mature. (laughs) But but I do think that is, I mean, there's a wonderful vitality about uh, a scene that's populated by emerging, you know, you, well, in the industry it's known as emerging artists, which basically, you know, see people of a, a youthful age coming through and yeah. just using all that go and uh, ambition and hunger that you guys were showing, obviously, that started the company yeah. off in the first place. But the the downside of that is is essentially lack of knowledge, lack mm-hmm. of lived knowledge, lack of actual being. And part of th- this thing, I'd, I've never been fond of the word we're artists, it's, 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 the job is to live and be and bring that mm. being and share it mm. in front of people in a manner that makes them live and be. And it's you've got to live to do it properly. Mm. And, yeah. and you've got to journey yourself to know all the things that a good player are going to reveal to people. Yeah. And you've obviously found that there and back has brought a mm. extra richness to your work. Absolutely. Mm. No, I definitely think so. I think it's like that it's, it is interesting to to put yourself out on a limb and, and to go out there and have these different experiences and take big chances. I think it, it, it definitely does, I think. Um, 
I think it definitely com- courses through the work then in mm. terms of what you want to do and, and how you want to do it and how you want to approach it. I think it definitely increases the richness of it, yeah. But America is obviously, I mean, obviously with you, Anna, being mm. from the States originally, the kind of how right at the beginning, yourself, Paul and Anna, you were choosing American plays mm. yeah. and going and living in America. Obviously the States has played a huge part in your in your life and in your development as as as, as artists. So, mm. do you do you have a way of looking at that? Is that I mean, is that why is that? Do you why was that always there? Do you think? And what is it about American drama in in the playwriting that that excites you? Hmm, that's a really good question. <laughs> and I think we've tried to to articulate it before, and I don't think we've we've found exactly how to articulate it. But obviously, there is that connection, my personal connection. Uh, but we did find when we were younger that the the stories, and maybe it's because it's that combination that really good American playwriting has that combination of good story and interesting characters. You know, it's not focused. Sometimes, you know, in certain countries, it's almost more, like, politically focused, and you can see kind of the real structure of... Um, of the work and that how it's calling uh, calling out bigger societal issues and things like that. Whereas we found, at least in the playwrights that we found in their work, we really, it was like really intense story combined with like a, a good old punch to the gut, you know. And that you could do that through humor or it doesn't have to all be like, ah, you know. Uh, yeah, we just, I think that was the combination. And that, it's not to say it's not elsewhere, but we just found it more frequently Hmm. you know and we were looking for something different and new you know like there's a lot that's our territory that's already covered so what is our voice where where do we connect Hmm. yeah and i think i think that that, that's something you kind of nailed down is there is that i think what we found like at at one point for sure was that there was something about these plays that there was they were aiming for the gut there was something in that that maybe more than aiming for the head and a brain kind of interaction as much there was something that like to find that emotional thing, to find that empathy, you know, with, with some that you can then see that journey of, of the, the people are going through, connect with that empathy and then that, that moves you and engages you in kind of maybe a way that afterwards you can try and make, get your head around what it is, but you're not having necessarily intellectual arguments in your head while you're watching the show, but that it's a, the story draws you into a, yeah, kind of an, an empathic gut reaction, um, to the story and kind of moves you that way and I think maybe there's something in I think maybe something to do with the emotional quality of American acting yeah, and, 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 and the American experience maybe that, that definitely um, has drawn us many times to kind of to, to that to the to the plays that, that are written there yeah mm. and then you came back yeah when was that 2000 and what 16 16 okay yeah. what, what 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 was that why come back and what's different you know, going away and returning, mm. you're not the same, and it's not the same. <laughs> True. You know, what have you, what brought you back, and what have you found since you come back that's mm. surprised and hopefully in some degree excited you? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think um, we reached a point in our lives in New York where we were kind of ready. You know, we, we, as you had mentioned earlier, we started, we had started in November, so we started working with a theater company in upstate New York. They originally were in New York City, uh, where we were, and we met them there, and we did some pub readings with them, and then they moved to upstate New York, and Paul was inspired by the space that they had, this old carpenter shop, and so um, he was like, why don't we do a new, uh, new play festival? And November was born, and so that was a co-production from the start with Tangent Theater Company and About Face. 
Um, and, you know, so we were already back to producing and, and that's just kind of where we found ourselves is that we, we, we were eager to be the ones in conversation with the audience. We were eager to be the ones creating the experience. And when you look at the, the landscape of New York, we just didn't see ourselves fitting into that puzzle, that tapestry, but we were excited about coming back to Ireland and seeing where we could fit in that, that tapestry. Hmm. I think we, we, we had the sense that like we had been learning so much and working with lots of different theater companies there. And, and, um, we've been learning so much as kind of as actors and producers, but we had been being drawn back more to like producing, to, to being putting on this new play festival to start to think about what we could do back home. And basically, we, I think home was the key word. We, we wanted to have, sort of think we want to have a theatrical home. Yeah. And so where do you want to build a home? Well, we wanted to build it at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, there's, there, I think there was part of us that were like, could we, well, well, could we do this in New York? Well, maybe we could. But would we be as excited? Would it really, like, would, what did our hearts really want? And I think the, the picture in, my mind, in our minds, whenever we were kind of like, Ask stuff to conjure what would be the kind of dream vision of things was this vibrant, um, exciting theater in, in Dublin. Yeah. You know, that was what was like, could pic- we could picture as being something really, really exciting. And, and no, no reason why it couldn't be as, as, as amazing quality as anything in New York. There's no reason why it had to be less than that. The experience mm. could be just as good, um, but at home. Mm. Yeah. And we could make an, impact too on the artists and the like we had something to to offer artists and audience I think um, which is why it felt good to be home hmm. but what had changed hmm. um, I think like uh, what's interesting is that uh, I think that the, the, the theaterscape had, had changed um, hmm. I think their the kind of ecosystem of, of, of venues had changed, like obviously the Civic is still here, but a lot of other venues around, particularly in the city centre, had uh, had been... Eaten up by car parks. Yeah, yes. got yeah. gobbled up and then disappeared, which created some sort of like those like... I could, I could see young artists that we were meeting who were, this was their norm, who were just used to the idea that there weren't that many places they could put on a play or start making things happen. And so that was uh, coming from New York where uh, more venues are opening up to a city where they were less than when we left, that was kind of like, okay, so the, these opportunities are, are fewer. So how do, where do the audience is going to find really good theater? Yeah, what's their opportunities to find them? Um, so that was interesting to see. Hmm. There's also a great, there's a great more, um, a great many more uh, opportunities for like training, like full on, like popping up professionals, as they say, you know, like both in design and things like that, you know, like the, there had been schools, but it just feels like there's more people flooding every year now into, um, into the arts world. So there was, there was a lot, there was a, I mean, maybe it's because we're older, but there's like, there's a, a huge young population that, um, you know, and producers, which is something that wasn't around at all. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but like the, the idea of someone who is, a producer who just like who who producers at a young age or anything mm. wasn't even like a concept when we <laughs> earlier. So there's definitely growth in the industry as far as like professionalism and how we think about it. Um, 
which is which is interesting to see. And I love you know, it's always lovely to see that energy coming out. But it is hard to see that there's where do we put that mm. energy? Mm. And, and there's also structurally a lot more fractured realities yeah. now, and particularly mm. in relation to access to to resources to put work on. It's so competitive with so many small and independent individuals or companies trying to hunt down a very small pot together. Yeah. You know how you guys have obviously though always seen that as you know you haven't traditionally gone down that road of arts council application or if I can't get the money that way then we don't put on the show you've always right. just said we're putting the show on and we'll find a way <laughs> yeah. mad people yeah. Yeah. yeah we've gotten lots of lots of rejection um, and we have applied quite a few times you know and we've been lucky um, you know we're really grateful to the Dublin City Arts Office who has helped us um, on November uh, the past couple of years um, but yeah we yeah I guess we just aren't deterred like you know, oh, it's 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 a it's a tough old place because we totally believe in artists being paid and everyone doing that. But we also believe in that how you grow as an artist is working, and so uh, you know I've learned you know I've decided to subsidize my art with having a day job, you know, having a a, a job. Uh, a second career and I, you know now I'm at the point where it's still in my wheelhouse it's something that I love doing so I'm very grateful for that but th- and that's a choice that I've made uh, you know so we whenever we do ask people to you know like they're we try to at least provide great story take care of people you know um, that kind of thing yeah no I think it's um I, it just uh, putting on the show and, and making it happen is really important. I think it's waiting on someone else to approve it with with funding or something. It's uh, it's fantastic when you do, but I think we've always come to see it as a bonus. It's that that'll that'll enable us to do more with this or be able to bring make this a bit bigger or or, or be able to get some some of the artists more a better fee for this. But mm. we've kind of always has been on the kind of thing of like, well, we're going to make it happen, and we're going to create a brilliant atmosphere for people to work in. We're going to make sure that even if it's not the best money in the world, they're going to get they're going to get paid. Yeah. Um, and they know what up front. So there's and, no and hiding. We're, and we're going to, um, yeah, we're going to provide a chance for these artists to work in a really great environment and, and for them to be working. These so many fantastic, so like many this artists. Dublin has got so many amazing <laughs> actors, designers, yeah. um, writers that just like, I, I kind of like feel like this, this untapped potential in mm. this city in terms of for, for the audiences don't, I think haven't seen yet just how many, this, this, this city could be even more burgeoning with fantastic things to do with your evening or your Saturday afternoon or something like that. They're just like, and, and with theatre, there's just so much more that it could be done. There's, there's, it's not for a lack of talent and desire and, and, and the right people. Um, so we, part of our thing is like, we just want to do the shows and make them happen because these people are great. And yeah. I want to I see the shows, even if I'm not in them or, or directing them. <laughs> or, I want to see, because these are, there's so many of these great people and so many great stories to be told. And, and for audiences have these amazing experiences where, like, as you're talking about these ladies who that was their first time at, a, at the theatre, you know, that I'm not saying that shouldn't be the case, but there's no reason why it shouldn't be, shouldn't be able to go once a season or once a month or once a week and be like, there's so much great stuff to see. Mm. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about what we we have planned for the the start off of our rebirthed relationship. Yeah. You know, you're in the building at the moment working on a, of course, something completely obscure and <laughs> <laughs> remarkably fascinating, which is um, 
Paul, you've adapted or are seeking to adapt uh, The Devil Himself by, um, uh, I think he's, a, we were talking about this earlier, I think he's kind of a legal historian called mm. Andrew Porwancher. Andrew Porwancher, yeah. yeah. Porwancher. Yeah. Glad I got you to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, because I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which immediately everyone's going, yeah, what? Um, but it's a really fascinating find this mm. tell us a little bit so you <laughs> tell us a little bit about the story of this for a start so basically this is um a r- real story not non-fiction um uh so basically this happens in the kind of the gilded age in pennsylvania so late 1800s um and it's a story of uh lizzie nutt who is the daughter of uh civil war hero captain adam nutt um and they're in this small town called uniontown pennsylvania and it's just the start of when America's getting changed from like small towns by railways and the telegram and, and, and uh, newspapers exploding. Um, so there's a world that's in the midst of changing in flux. Um, and Lizzie is, in, is engaged to uh, playboy and rising lawyer and rising political star Nicholas Jukes. Um, but one day uh, Nicholas Jukes sends uh, her father a letter basically telling he's breaking off the engagement because despite her appearance of being purity itself, uh, apparently Lizzie has been seeing all sorts of suitors and getting up to all sorts of sexual escapades uh, and basically uh, is uh, charming enough that she would uh, charm the devil himself, (laughs) uh, which is where the title of the play comes from, uh, which leads to uh, refutation from uh, her father, who doesn't believe this is a case at all, and in fact challenges uh, Dukes to a jewel that he would dare bring this up, <laughs> which then leads on to a story involving jewels and murder and courtroom drama and mob and, mentality and a new a newspaper uh, craze across not just across the state but across the nation and across the world like a debate that was happening that went up to the level of by the time the president of America was getting involved and having his opinion on this case, and it's how this small town gets wrapped up in this incredible furore about about honor and about um privacy and about control and about masculinity and about this sounds familiar <laughs> yeah, exactly yes. were they tweeting <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> just via newspaper yeah, yeah. News, newspaper <laughs> interviews and telegrams and things like that but yeah it's it's mm. it's a period of vast technological change of of people dealing with uh, a different way of looking at the relationship between men and women mm. um but yeah, it's also a kind of a, an incredible like story, like incredible. Really, it is. It's you know where, where the sex where, where nonfiction is. Or as he says, marvelous. Yes, they, they, they <laughs> in one it. of the letters, he's like, "This tale I'm about to tell you is marvelous." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, where that you know fact is crazier than fiction. Mm. Many times we were working do, mm. working on the workshop yesterday with the actors and t- going through the story with them. They're going, "No, <laughs> no way." Oh, come on. If you if a playwright wrote that, you'd say that's not possible. But it's all truth. It's all uh, reality. So, yeah, I think it's just a really, for start, it's a really interesting story. If nothing mm-hmm. else, it's just a fascinating tale of people. But I think it's also strangely really relevant to today. Like you're saying, Michael, that's just this, what happens to people. When a frenzy takes over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dionysian yeah. madness. Yeah. yeah, when there's at a time yeah. of like when there's a lot of pressure on the society from various reasons, you know. And how we deal with this idea of virtue and how we 
you know, push it on to other people and then hold them up to standards and then knock them down. down. Exactly, yeah. the next week. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So you're working on that. It's really exciting. You're going to mm. spend a little kind of boiling pot period with us yeah. quietly with yeah. yourselves having playing, as Anna said. Oh, <laughs> she came into this morning. She went, I love playing. <laughs> um, so they're playing. Grown-ups are allowed to play. Yeah. Uh, but with a purpose, which is to yeah. try and develop into see if it'll withstand the pressure and come out as a theatre piece and yeah. hopefully... There'll be another stage in development where we may get to share some of this with our audience and they get invited to come in and see your underpants. You know? yeah. yeah. See you all naked there <laughs> trying to make something work. I guarantee um, your underpants will be clean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which I actually love. Yeah. And our audience would love a, a work in development showing, which is basically a, mm. you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes of something you've worked up to give them an idea of what it could be about and get their feedback on yeah. it. It's a great mm. way of engaging people early in the mm. development of a work. And, and hopefully that'll... That, that piece will grow and, mm. and, and come mm. to fruition sometime in the future. And then, yeah. obviously, we've got new, 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 new November, yes, coming back in November. November. But yeah, before absolutely. that, we haven't kind of finalised it, but we have this mad plan. <laughs> These people are mad. Yes, That's we one are. of the reasons I love them. <laughs> oh, let's not just put on a play. Let's put on two plays <laughs> at the same time with the same cast. Kind of, so that's something we're kind of cooking up for yeah. August, September. And then other sort of scratch night things and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I mean, it's early days. It's wonderful to have you back. And, and um, But it's early days and, and I hope we can kind of cook up so lots mm. of things. So everybody um, do keep an eye out on our sort of blog and on our web pages and our brochures for About Face, Anna and Paul, who are going to be, I know, again, a long-term part of the fixture mm. and fittings of the Civic. One last thing I have to mm. ask you. Yeah. <laughs> The marriage thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's about? bad enough being in this business together, but being married. I mean, share your secrets. <laughs> You'll be safe. Nobody will know. I mean, I mean, obviously, that's amazing. That it, that it is amazing that you're both partners in professional life, but mm. you're also personal partners. I mean, yeah. do, you, do you fight? Well, of Do you course. scream and shout and throw crockery at each other, <laughs> and everybody else has to go, they're off again. <laughs> We try to keep that private. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, of course. But we, I think, I mean, we we met in drama school. So our relationships, Aww. yeah, I know, crazy. Mm. Um, he was against all my rules. Um, <laughs> definitely no actors, Anna, no actors. Oh, dope. Um, but uh, so I think that there's some, something forged in, you know, our relationship is always work and and mm. personal. And I love, like, I love working with him because, that you know, I think what makes us work as a couple also makes us work as producing partners in a different way. You know, we're very different people. Mm. And so we bring different strengths and mm. we balance each other out. And we, you know, like, we do share a lot of what's important in life, both as human beings and, uh, you know, as theater professionals, as, you know, producers, um, I think that helps. Mm. Yeah, no, I, th I think, uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm very lucky that I feel like Anna's my best friend anyway. Mm. Um, she's also, uh, you know, I've worked in New York and various things and she's still the best actor I've ever worked with. You know, she's pretty darn oh, nice. It's going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> what does he want? What's he after? Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think, we, I think we love working in the theater. You know, I think we love uh, doing the work with our company. We love seeing, uh, putting a good play on. It's like, we even worked, we, we, yesterday when we came into the Civic, into the main space to do the work in the workshop, as soon as we walked into the theater, just the, the cool, silent air of the empty theater, we were like, it's like walking into a church for us. Hmm. It's like, ah, oh, I just, just loved being in that building and, and the potential and the excitement of what that could be, imagining yeah. 
that uh, filled an audience with this, with, maybe if this was going to be a show sometime, you know? So I think we love that work. So I, you know, on, on the other side, of course, sometimes it's like, we do have to deliberately put up boundaries and when we're at home or doing other yeah. things to go, like, <laughs> we're switching off. We're not on the clock anymore. He often has to remind me that you know? we're not talking about work anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no notes on, on this show or no, no thoughts about this, this production. But yeah. I think... But he's yeah. my favorite person to work with, too. Like, I love, like, I always, when I have to go back to other work, like, I do miss, I miss that. Like, mm. I, I, yeah, we're very lucky that we are friends and we just, mm. you know, like the other human being mm. <laughs> in the room, I Another human being. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does kind of carry through, too, to, um, to the theater company. I think mm. we kind of run a, a bit like a family. We kind yeah. of have this growing family of this, we have this growing ensemble of actors and artists that we work with and, we like to create a family atmosphere, you know, that it's that, that it's that kind of just very comfortable, relaxed kind of vibe and, and that people are very welcome. And that, that's why we feel like it, it fits like at the Civic is that we feel that same very kind of like sense of a big family, a very much a sense mm. of a lo- like, you know, people who've worked at the Civic for years and years, you know, and, and just this really lovely long term kind of like a big home, like a big house, you know, it's, it's a, mm. I feel like that's kind of. Or like a, a family moving into another big family house, you know. <laughs> well, that's why we we say these days, come on in. Yeah. No, it is. It's yeah, home. Yeah. Come on in. Come in. You'll always be welcome here. Yeah. One last thing. You guys just, um, just because you do these sort of things, you didn't go to Mullingar for a break. You went to Japan, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How was that? It was, well, it, was pretty, amazing. it was pretty amazing. Yeah, we went for Anna's, Anna's brother uh, lives there and is getting married to a Japanese girl. So it gave us the kind of kick to, to go I've never been further east than than Greece so suddenly I'm that was going yeah. in a whole different place but wow uh, yeah. and inspirational too you know yeah. sometimes you just need to I mean this it, I don't know that I would ever have gone if you know I would have been like oh yeah it'd be really cool but like never would have taken it with I you know didn't have the family thing the family mm. impetus and it was really yeah really remarkable and just like the gardens and the visual it was very filling as an artist you know sometimes you just need to kind of fill the tank mm. and mm. um yeah the beauty of just the essay mm. i'm saying that of, of the history of the the temples and the the shrines and the the forests and all that kind of stuff and, and of course the madness of like the tokyo and the crazy parts of it you know with the the neon and the the endless shops and the perpetual the blade runner movie yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, very much like being a blade runner yeah um so it's a, kind of the crossing those two things but just even interesting to be in a whole different culture yeah pe- different way of people doing things and mm. we did get to see one kabuki play which i had you know since I, like I, theater I, I, history I, back i in knew the you're years. gonna you're gonna come back you brought a japanese play back <laughs> you're, you're gonna put it on in the civic in japanese but that would be great <laughs> yeah. but it's funny enough because like there is this weird tie of like a play that um we did in new york um, that Paul originated, oh, I guess I originated the character as well, but you originated the character and the play was done a couple of times in New York and then it was expanded. Um, and anyways, it was translated and done in Japanese. So by like this, you know, a, a company. So it was in, it was interesting to have that tie as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Well, it's, it's, it's wonderful you came back safe and yeah. safe and sound to, mm. to Tala. Yes. Mm. Thank you for you're very welcome. Us. We're really looking forward to, to keeping us uh, keeping this year going with you and seeing yeah. what we can uncover and welcoming people into an exciting time with About Face Ireland, who are yeah. resident 2020 in the Civic. Yay. So, Anna and Paul, welcome and thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks a million, Thank you. Cheers.